0: Welcome to Kate On Book Reviews, the place where we shine a spotlight on indie books and their authors. Today I'm going to be talking about The Famine Witch by Stephen Black that is available now through Quill and Crow Publishing House and also Amazon. Um, So if you like my review um, then I encourage you to go and buy it. Um, So let's proceed. Um, so The Famine Witch is set during the Great Famine um, in the 1600s in Ireland we are following um, Maggie Malone a 19 year old and her little brother Jinx who's about 8 and how they um, traverse the streets essentially trying to um, keep each other other alive, warm fed, um, not killed (laughs) Uh, because not only um, are there the usual dangers that come from sort of living in poverty um, but also we have a serial killer uh known by known as bloody hands um and he is also terrorizing the street killing women um and we find out a bit about him quite early on he comes back every 200 years kills six women and then not to be heard of for another 200 years so it's all very very mysterious and then we have the titular famine witch herself Um, she is called Finula and she has a really interesting journey I don't want to say too much this is a non-spoiler review but her journey and the way that we see her develop comes from a very very human place but the way that it yeah the way that it develops just ends up creating a lot of thought-provoking questions and senses of morality and when um is is vengeance ever okay and when is it justice and when is it vengeance um so yeah it's a really really interesting story um the great famine is a really big part of this story it's almost like another character because it really is is more than the backdrop um in terms of the settings but it affects all the characters motivations it affects how people interact their thought processes, um, what happens when people are under that kind of stress and then we also have a really great look at um, faith and religion and organised religion, Um, it's not preachy, it's not done in a way that force feeds you one way or other, it just takes very very human Un- understandable and very vulnerable characters puts them in certain situations and lets you decide um i think that this is a very positive book i don't think it's one where you'll come away feeling full of doom and gloom or like oh gosh humans are awful or oh gosh this is terrible um but it doesn't hold away from those things either which i really respect one of the really good things that I found about this book is how Stephen Black is able to write these very genuine female characters. Um, woman, myself, um, I uh, found that there was something in every single one of these female characters that I could either relate to or I could understand Or I knew someone who, you know, that character reminded me of someone, you know, that I know personally. And nothing came off um, tropesy, nothing came off um, stereotypical. These are really full fledged characters. And that goes for all of Black's characters. That goes for the side characters. That goes for characters that turn up for one chapter and we never see them again. Um, Or they are you know main hitters every single aspect of these characters are clearly thought about they are clearly researched and we see into every single one of them no matter what you know how how fleeting their appearances may be um the setting is this very rich setting of Belfast in the 1600s you know you can hear all of the noise and smell all of the smells not pleasant and um, you can really just get this sense of this world um, which is a real place these events did happen with the Great Famine and <clears throat> people were dying of disease and people were being traded off um, and fleeing towns and looking for salvation um, In amongst this, though, we have this um, supernatural story about witches um, and as someone who um, is very spiritual and um, I would say that if I were to have some sort of faith or religion, I don't really like using that term, but, you know, some sort of thing like that, mine would be paganism. And I found that this had a really good understanding of what Wiccan paganism is about in terms of the balance of things and there's not one good thing there's not one bad thing it's all everything comes in together and I think that that was done really well because there are characters that we really don't like but they're not just villains there's always something motivating them there's always something that we see that is other than just we're evil and i'm gonna do this and you know there's always something and i think that's what makes this book really really interesting um is that character dynamic and the way that it's written is beautiful um and i mean this cover is stunning absolutely gorgeous and um i uh Um, on my Instagram and TikTok social media I put out uh, my opening of this and you can see the cover inside that's hidden Um, there's a beautiful emblem on the front so yeah I think that there is a lot that this book has to say I think that it's not about one thing it's multifaceted truly and um I think if you enjoy strong characters and good plot progression and um just very interesting dynamics. I think that you're going to get a lot from this book. Um, we've got witches, serial killers, history, religion. We've got um, we've got great characters. We've got children. We've got adults. We've got the elderly. We have d- family trees. Almost, you see all these women go from you know descendant to descendant to descendant and you see this whole line of these very strong women um, that have this thing in common and I think that there is just so much that this book has to say so yeah as I said you can get it from Quill and Crow Publishing House or you can also get it on Amazon it is out now I implore you to go and buy it um it's available paperback, hardback and Kindle um so however you read it's there um And yeah, just just go buy it. It is a five out of five for me. And uh, I can't wait to let me know if you buy it. Let me know what you think. Um, Drop it in the comments um, or get on my social media pages. Um, You can find me on TikTok and Instagram at kate.onjous.review. Wait, no, (laughs) you can try that again. You can find it at kate.onjous.book.reviews. (laughs) <laughs> um, <laughs> um it'll all be in, in in the episode blurbs um and then you can also get me on facebook at uh, just kate on G's book reviews and you can email me at kate on G's book reviews at outlook.com next episode i will be reviewing ash and heart by sabrina vorman and there will be a follow-up interview with that also um thank you very much for for tuning in and um the Interview with Stephen Black will also be uploaded unless you are listening as a podcast, in which case just stay tuned and you'll hear it right now. Hi, and welcome to Kate Anjou's Book Reviews. And today uh, I am joined by author Stephen Black, author of The Famine Witch. Hi, Stephen. Welcome to the show. How are you doing?
1: I'm good, Kate. Thank you for having me on. Glad to be here
0: course yeah no that's um it's, it's my pleasure and thank you so much for coming on um so obviously we're going to be talking about um your book that's coming out for release this week um and um i but i just wanted our our listeners and watchers and audience to just get to know you a little bit so if you can just tell people a bit about yourself and um how you got into writing things like that that would be lovely
1: sure uh my name's is stephen black i live in Northern Ireland um originally from uh County Tyrone but I now live outside Belfast with my wife Fanula. Got three kids, uh aged between 17 and 21 now, and a 13-year-old border terrier. So uh that's our sort of domestic setup. Uh with with regards writing I've always been really interested in, in you know creative fiction, reading and writing. Um, I dabbled with it when I was younger, but uh, after university when I uh, got a job and uh, had other responsibilities, uh, got married, had kids, yeah. I didn't really there was you know i was I was very uh, career focused for a while and didn't really have much time for creative reading and writing and it was really only in my my 40s believe it or not that i decided to to write again um it was really my father's death i lost my father in 2010 to prostate cancer and
0: oh how awful
1: he died at 64 um very young had just retired and i learned afterwards that he had always wanted to write a book and he'd actually started writing the book longhand. So it it kind of spurred me on and went, well, you know, uh, almost for him as much as for anyone, I decided, well, I'm gonna start writing. So I started life as a blogger. I had uh, a couple of blogs on WordPress. And one of them, Fractured Faith, proved quite popular. Um, Before I (laughs) I had about 10,000 followers on it. And I got into the habit of writing every day. And then one day I decided, I I was sitting down and I got the name Kirkwood Scott in my head. And uh, Kirkwood Scott became the character in my first book, Skelly Square. And it kind of went from there. And I then, I've written three books in the Kirkwood Scott series with other publishers. Decided to do something a bit darker. um, Which led to the famine, which... uh, Built up a relationship with Colin Crow and Cassandra, who's the the owner of Colin Crow and
0: Cassandra. Curry,
1: Curry, the Cassandra's my boss, so I have to be nice to her. Curry <laughs> the family which for her, and thankfully she liked it, and took it from there, and now it's been published in four days' time. So it's <laughs> it's been quite a journey, but it's it's been a good journey.
0: Oh, no, I mean, that's an amazing story about how you got into it and things and, you know, carrying on that work for your dad and that dream for you and your dad. That's it's so inspiring. It's really beautiful. I'm so glad that you've been able to see these dreams come true. And um, yeah, congratulations on The Famine Witch. Um, it's you. a brilliant book. Um, yeah, I, I was um, talking to Sabrina, another Quill and Crow um author last night and and she hasn't read it and I was like you're gonna <laughs> love it. Um but uh, but I'm like you're gonna love it and I was telling her like spoiler free but like a little bit about it like reasons why I think she'll love it and she was like I'm so excited she's like um, yeah I'm definitely gonna read that so yeah um I'll tell her that she's uh, she's due a telling off.
1: <laughs> well I you know I'm a big fan of Sabrina's Brooks as well um mm-hmm. the Coven series. Colin Crow, Um I've done a bit of editorial work with that, and uh, she's, she's a fantastic writer, great yeah. storyteller, and if you thought her first book was exciting, wait until you see the next one, which is... Our oh movie. yeah,
0: I was the beta on that, so um, oh. yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's brilliant. I've read it a couple of times now, and um, yeah, its release is very exciting. Um, yeah, I'm very excited to see how this series progresses, um, for sure. Uh, but we are not here to talk about Sabrina, we are here to talk nope. about you and your book. Screw Sabrina, Psh, who needs her. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so basically, um, yep, yeah, your your novel, Famine Witch. Um, I, this is gonna be spoiler free, obviously it's, it's not out yet. I would hate to ruin anything for anybody. Um, so I probably, I, I, I'm trying to try and get my authors that I have on to say a bit about the book so I don't reveal too much and then if too much is revealed it's on you um so if you'd like to give a very brief sort of uh, synopsis about the famine witch and, and what it's about
1: yeah it's a dark historical fantasy it's set in Belfast in 1847 when the uh town as it was was gripped uh, by the great famine mm-hmm. that swept across the island of Ireland and it tells the story of a young woman called Maggie Malone and her eight-year-old brother Jinx, as they try to survive in the Belfast slums. Uh, Maggie Maggie lost her mum the year before she died. Their father has hit the drink and is basically an absent father. And um, they're really struggling to get by day by day, surviving, uh, worrying about where the next meal is going to come from as if that wasn't bad enough, they then get involved in a ancient feud between two dark entities.
0: As you one do. One being the famine witch.
1: Yeah. As you do. Uh, you know, one being the famine witch who, yeah, who lives on the Black Mountain over at Belfast. And the other one is a, a very nasty character called Bloody Hands who appears in Belfast every 200 years and goes around butchering people. So there's a bit of a turf war going on between the Famine Witch and um, Bloody Hands as to who will who will rule Belfast and the island of Ireland. And as it transpires, the only person that can save the day is Maggie. And I'll stop there because if I go on, I'm going into the spoiler territory.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. I think that's a good that's a good preface. It touches on a, on a lot of different things there, and I'm, I'm quite confident in the questions that I have coming up. that I'm not going to spoil anything. So great, good. <laughs> that's really all that question is about it's just just checking for me um (laughs) so uh one of the things that I really just admired about this book is and this is not to say that male writers can't write female women there are plenty of them out there there are also plenty of men who cannot write female characters uh you sir are not one of them you wrote this these books um I've honestly there were times where I forgot that it had like it had a male author because these characters a lot of them are female a lot of the perspectives that we are reading because there's a a several uh you know povs point of views um and not all of them are women but a good chunk of them are women and they're not they're not even remotely the same type of character they are also vastly different all at different times of their lives um and each one of them is just so well rounded, believable, relatable in some way. I mean, you know, even the more, I don't want to say villainous, but like definitely the darker characters, they are still, there's still a, a, an element of humanity, or at least that's where they started out. You can understand why they got to where they are um, and those things. And, you know, first off, just, you know, brilliant writing. Um, but like when it comes to, when it comes to writing female characters where do you get that inspiration from is it from your family is it just from other things you've read like where where does that skill and that understanding come from
1: well firstly thank you for your kind words uh, I Sorry. live in a house with three women so that'll uh, do it mm-hmm. my son has deserted me and went to university so I'm 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 vastly <laughs> how dare he so, oh, so i i've picked up quite a bit from them i i have said this before and um, it's not intentional but i would say about 90 percent of the fiction i read is by woman authors oh that helps. i just i just find i don't know why but i just i just find woman authors when it comes to um Telling tales are raw, about injustice and uh, vengeance, and the whole feminine rage issue. Uh, I think woman authors are. Uh, Sabrina's an example, and there's other uh, woman authors at Colin Crow. I'm massive fans of like Lydia V. Russell, Catherine Ferns, yeah. Cassandra herself, uh, and the ancient ones. Uh, there's other uh, indie authors, you know, I, I, I really admire, like Brooklyn Dean. I don't know if you've oh, read it. Yes. Oh, stuff. my
0: gosh. Yeah. No, fantastic. Yeah,
1: big fan of Brooklyn's. And also, I read a lot of Irish woman authors Sally Rooney, Louise O'Neill, yeah. uh, Nice Dolan, uh, De- Deirdre O'Sullivan. Um, who's an Irish fantasy writer. Oh, I don't
0: know have to check her Another
1: out. one, uh, Dixon Rule, another big uh, Irish indie author. So I, I, I just gravitate towards women's voices and women's experiences. So I I would have to guess that's what helps me when I write uh, women characters. Yeah. I don't think it's difficult. Um, the main character... In the famine, Witch, Maggie, uh, the famine, Witch herself, Vanula, other characters like Annabelle and Nell, uh, mm. and in in the Kirkwood Scott series, two of the main characters are women, uh, Meredith and Harley. So it, I don't know. I just, I it's just something that comes easily to me, and it's it's a yeah. massive compliment that other women uh, like what I'm doing and understand what I'm doing. Because there's nothing worse than a man telling a woman how she should feel and getting it horribly wrong. And I know oh, there's a lot of You get it.
0: You no. get this guy gets it. He gets
1: it. <laughs> I've, been, I've been well taught and well trained.
0: <laughs> oh no, well excellent job. Um no, like I mean, as I was, I mean there are you know, there are plenty of um male writers who write women well. Um, you know, that's not to say that there isn't at all, but it is very refreshing when like it's not just like one or two characters here and there like there is like a plethora of really strong really but also very vulnerable but and flawed women but at the same time they're very uh authentic um and the women's experience I think you know not to you know get too much about this side but like regardless of whether it's now 200 years ago 400 years ago there's still a lot of the same types of battles that we have to fight it may not be that we have to defend ourselves against witchcraft or anything but you know there's still like things well we don't get we don't get drowned or anything for it though thankfully she says with a pagan tattoo on her chest (laughs) um so um yeah no i just i just feel like it can't it can't be the easiest thing from someone who doesn't have that personal perspective of a gender like the other way around like I I wouldn't necessarily know how to write a male character because I've not had that mentality or those experiences I mean I could write like a very stereotypical very you know like cartoonized male character but getting an authentic and relatable for other men type of character like that would be very difficult for me so you know when when a male author does that very well like it always like Ah, you know, and um, I would imagine that it has to come from somewhere. Whether it's growing up with a lot of women, or just being surrounded by a lot of women, or as you say, reading a lot of women-based le- uh, literature. Um, and I think you know, write what you know, and if what you're drawn to are female-driven stories or or women-written stories, um, then that makes a lot of sense, and that's all all to your strength, hundred percent um so one of the other things that plays a big role in this book is religion um and what I got from the book is that it's not anti-faith um at all like I think that actually there's a lot of um aspects of this which is you know believing in something while it can be confusing and while it can be misguided is not necessarily a bad thing it is called but when it comes down to being misguided and maybe organized religion and things like that there seems to be like a lot of um i don't want to say commentary but definitely like an overall kind of mood <laughs> that, um you know organized religious and think can be a very damaging um thing for lack of a better term Now obviously you're Irish and stuff and Irish is very well known for having a lot of religious history and being a very typically very religious com- uh, country um, so I was just wondering like where you were coming from with that and I don't want to necessarily be asking or, pr- or prying about your religious um, views but just in terms of the way that it comes through in the story like was that something that was important to you or is that something that just happened naturally and was just authentic to the tale?
1: No, it's 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 a theme I'm interested in. You know the whole faith versus versus religion. Mm-hmm. I would describe myself as pro faith and anti organized religion. Yeah. Growing up in Northern Ireland during the during the Troubles, I've seen the best and the worst of. Uh, well, it's it's a more diverse society now, but uh, mm-hmm. in my day, you're either Catholic or Protestant. Yeah. And you know, I was brought up in the Protestant community. I went to a Presbyterian church. I went to Sunday school. I learned all my Bible stories. And that just was the way it was. Yeah. And you know, I went to a school that was a hundred percent Protestants because there was a that's the way the education system was then. There was an integrated education. And it really, I was 18 and at university before I had my first Catholic friend. Wow. So, it was, looking back, a very strange upbringing, but at the time it was perfectly normal. Uh, you, you were raised that the other side were the enemy because, you know, the IRA were out murdering police officers and soldiers and members of the public. And on the other side, the Catholic community were going, well, there's loyalists, paramilitary groups out doing exactly the same thing. Um, there were no winners until the peace process so i grew up in that society uh, i've i've went through the church system i'm not a church goer i i would have i believe there's something out there i have a faith that there's something beyond i'm not quite sure what or who but uh, i do have a faith and the family which is really focusing on you know those with faith and i'll be it Maggie and Jinx, her her working class Catholic kids, or their friend Annabelle, who's uh, the daughter of uh, the nasty clergyman in the story. You know, they they they're all about. You know, Annabelle's brought up. She Annabelle to me is what you know Jesus would have wanted people to do. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, she's kind. She wants to help the poor and destitute. She runs a soup kitchen. Yeah. You know, she does everything out of love. Whereas her father, the Reverend Edgar, is a hypocrite. He stands in the pulpit and and preaches the gospel, and then the rest of the week he's just not a very nice man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's all about greed and and self-betterment, and you know he doesn't love thy neighbour. He's he's the antithesis of that. It's it's money and 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 prestige and and power. So I wanted I wanted in the family to paint the good side and the bad side and people then can make up their own minds
0: yeah no definitely and I think that that is I mean I'm um, not religious Um, I would say I'm probably more spiritual with like a tendency for um, pagan beliefs and things Um, I am not anti-religion per se but I think that same as you, I think that faith and religion can be a wonderful thing when it's done in the right way but when it comes to organized religion and using religion as a business drive um and essentially what you know um we've got in the clergyman that you mentioned um he's using it for self-betterment he's using it to create hate he's using it to create a hype over something that he doesn't understand and doesn't feel is right when he doesn't look any further than that he doesn't look any deeper than that and that's where i that's where i'm like i don't i have i don't want anything to do with that you know um but i think what this book does i think what's really good about this book is that it as you say it does allow you to make those conclusions for yourself and that's what i got from it Where i said like it's not about saying you can't believe in god or god is this or anything like that it's just like hey just be a good person and follow a faith and whether that's this faith or this faith just don't be an asshole. <laughs> you know um yep and i I think that that is is um a really good message, obviously, and i I really like how this book does have that mentality of its not trying to tell you what, what religious religion is right or not, but just practice the the faith the you know practice the the teachings that come with these religions and don't yeah don't be an arsehole. Um, <laughs> that's so, a, that's
1: a good moral for life. I mean,
0: time. that's how I live my life—is trying just not to be an asshole. I mean, I—I I mean, I am an asshole. I'm I'm failing at it terribly, but um. <laughs> or at least
1: you, at least you're 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 aware of it, and that's.
0: How yeah, I'm yeah, laughing. no, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> just whether I choose to do something about it or not. <laughs> um, <laughs> just joking. Um, so I, um, I again, one of the things about this book is that, regardless of whether. You hate them, you love them. There is not a single character in here that isn't just, mm, something to to sink your teeth into, you know, like there's there's even side characters there. You see that there's a history to them. They're They're full people. Like you can tell that when you're writing them that you had a clear idea of who they were and where they fit into the story and where they fit into this town and the type of characters that they were. There was nothing, there was no character here that felt half asked, you know or not thought about um and one of my favorite characters is in it for like a scene and that's Jack Kelly um the pub owner and I just wondered this is just this is just for me really I want to know is there any chance of like a spin-off novel or anything about Jack Kelly like he was just one of these characters that for me was just like one of those people that had has a has a past but he's he's a, a firm but fair guy and he's an honest guy and but don't don't mess with him you know and like he's just it's the kind of character that I really love like just that kind of like rugged sort of tough guy but is a bit of a softie as well when it comes to the right people um and yeah I would it's sort of alluded to in the book that you know he has a bit of a past and he has sort of like a bit of a darker side to him um yeah and I just wondered is there any chance of us exploring that anymore in in maybe another novel
1: there wasn't but you've put the idea in my head now um, yeah
0: yeah uh, great
1: <laughs> you don't ask you don't get <laughs> He is an interesting character um there was actually a bit of debate about Cassandra whether or not we were going to keep him in the book, but I I, I fought oh, hard so for him, weird. and uh, thankfully he was retained. And I just love writing him because he's just, you know, that's that's what Belfast publicans were like back then. You know, um, their their pub was their kingdom, and and God help anyone who uh, misbehaved on it. They would yeah they would soon be uh, chucked out, and you know he's afraid of nobody. You know, he stands up to bullies. He's a hard man, as you said, but he's a fair man. Yeah. And uh, who knows? Uh, I have half an idea about a sequel to the Famine Witch.
0: Yeah. So okay.
1: him or one of his descendants may well make a reappearance.
0: Oh, okay. Well, I'm very glad just that Jack for Kelly you got it. Ca- yeah, Thanks. You. I appreciate it. Um, I uh yeah, I'm so glad Jack Kelly got. Got Captain. He's. uh, he's,
1: It's fantastic because I mean that's great to hear that because um, it it makes writing a character like him worthwhile. You know, people are gonna you know love the witch or love Maggie or 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 love Jinx, but you know the fact that you know a little secondary character like Jack, that that means a lot to me. That you 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 know you enjoyed reading his chapter
0: yeah no no I thought he was great like he really stood out I had a lot of fun reading him and um yeah I was I was I was a bit sad that (laughs) that's all that he got but I'm very glad it was it was a nice little um It was a nice little kind of peephole into his character. Would would you go
1: to his pub for a night out?
0: I absolutely would go to his pub for a night out. Are you joking? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I'd be there, like, chugging him back with the rest of them. Uh, Because although I sound very, well, I've been told that I sound quite posh and I'm English, I'm Scottish heritage. So, um, Mm. you know, I've got that Celtic. I'm, I'm
1: sure Jack would make you welcome
0: yeah well you know I'll maybe keep the Scottish side. I would definitely keep the English side of it down um, <laughs> but yeah I'd hundred percent go out to his pub absolutely I'd dance on bars and like get everyone up and everything and spending their money hundred <laughs> percent love it um so okay I have to I have to mention this, which was when I was because uh, i did I did a little bit of research on you before here and um, and you mentioned earlier that your wife is called Finula.
1: Fanula yes.
0: Which is the same name as the Famine Witch and I yes. wondered what tell, just tell me a little bit about that.
1: <laughs> uh, when I was writing the Famine Witch there was um, I, I turned around to my wife and I went you know she has to have it you know she wasn't born the Famine Witch she became the Famine Witch she started life as someone else so I went well, what am I going to call her what am I going to call her and she went right away call her Fanula. oh it's your
0: wife's
1: suggestion it was my wife's suggestion i'm not i'm not suggesting that my my wife isn't you know nasty wicked witch (laughs) um it was her idea because i often joke my daughters and my wife and my mother-in-law they can be in three different places and they'll all have the same thought or they'll, they'll think of something and they'll go Oh, one of them will ring the other and go, Oh, well, guess what I was thinking about? And they'll go, I was thinking about exactly the same thing. And I, I jokingly call them the coven. Um, <laughs> there's there's like three generations of women. And they, they well, like the this there. The there feminine, is something right? there. They have this connection. They have, whether it's telepathic or spiritual or, or something else, there's something there that connects them all. Uh, so when I thought about it, I went, yeah, Fanula. You know, it, it's Irish. Um, it means something to me. Um, when people like you come to interview me, I have a story to tell.
0: No, yeah, definitely. That's a great story. I, I I really quite like how it's it's you know it is like the three feminine as well. You know, with the the maiden, the matron, and not to call your mother-in-law a crone, but like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like it's those. Scenes... if you say that. No, no, don't talk, don't. Talk um I didn't mean it like that but you know the the, the three stages yeah. of womanhood and um and things I just I love that um and uh yeah and it's funny because in my family um when before my nan passed uh you'd have me my mum and her uh so my, my matriarchal grandmother and my dad would just be like just you're the, exactly the same person you know you're like <laughs> this yeah. is exactly like how it's all going to progress um it's and first, we me. yeah and uh and we typically just cackles. um but uh but yeah no I, I i do love that um while talking about the famine witch obviously um her as a character goes on a very there's a big character arc with her. As you say, she doesn't start out the famine witch and actually she starts out very sympathetic and a very good giving person. Um, And unfortunately that is her, that does become her comeuppance um, with that. I was just wondering like when, when you started out this book was it going to did you sort of have a very clear path of how she was going to progress um as a character or was that just something that happened like that, that developed naturally as it went on and you were like oh actually I wasn't going to do that but actually this this works you know
1: I, I would be a complete pouncer when I start writing the story I have no idea how it's going to end and um, the characters basically tell me what's going to happen uh, I don't know about yourself, your own writing style, Kate, but it's like rolling out a carpet. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I could somebody could tell me, can you write a synopsis, and I'd sit and stare at a blank screen for hours. The only way I can, I have to write to generate ideas, and it's whilst yeah. I'm writing that the next page comes into my head and so on. Um, if you, you know, I know some people do these like massive outlines and, and and main maps and plots i i can't do that i just have to, i have a rough idea i sit down i start typing on design it goes where it goes so when i start the famine witch, i had no idea you know what other than she was a witch um who had a big chip on her shoulder uh, <laughs> I had no idea where the story was
0: going oh that's cool though I think that's a very organic way of writing and I know a few people um, who who adopt that method and just let it kind of flow from them and um yeah I think no I, I really do like that and I think as well it kind of takes the pressure off from I mean I you know I can't speak for everyone but I would imagine that doing it the other way doesn't allow for so much sort of creative flow, like if you've kind of got these very sort of secured ideas that you've thought out, you know if, if the story does take you. It, it
1: works for a lot of people and 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 respect to them, but it yeah. doesn't work for me.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. Um, so one of the other characters, as you mentioned before, bloody hands. Um, <clears throat> so, He's a really interesting one and I know that he comes from Irish folklore. Um he's right. Okay, you're gonna have to help me with this pronunciation. I really tried hard. It's Avatach?
1: <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, it's fine. I, you know, I'm I'm not an Irish speaker myself. I uh, I had to look I would say Abhartach.
0: Oh really? Oh okay. I was completely and, and
1: basically it's Irish, it's the Irish word for dwarf.
0: Yeah. I thought that um, the B and an H made a v sound.
1: You, well, that's my understanding. Um yeah. but
0: well it's a you, it's you need Irish to get an folklore. Irish speaker on.
1: You need to get an Irish speaker on your show.
0: <laughs> I'll look into that. Um okay, cool. Well, at least while I'm getting it wrong, like you're getting it wrong, so that's fine. <laughs> um, no, um, but yeah, he's it, it's obviously it's the you know, as the story progresses, even if you're not familiar with that folklore, it, um it does become apparent at one point that he does kind of come from folklore i won't say too much about that um but like would did that character come from any other than the folklore um the irish folklore was that character inspired by anything else any other um characters or historical figures or anything like that with well,
1: well basically i i learned of the legend of of um you know obviously as a fan of gothic fiction uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula would be one of the great classics I loved, and it's when I was doing a bit of reading about Stoker that I realised that um, when he was researching Dracula, the and, and making his notes, uh, historians subsequently found in the notes that he'd researched the Apartheid, Ab- and uh, some will say that it 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 was one of the influences. Uh, behind Dracula oh, wow.
0: um, okay. as,
1: as I've said before the Irish invented vampires and because of that the modern day vampire and, uh, I'm sticking to that
0: yeah yeah no I um it's it's really interesting because you know you say saying about Dracula being inspired by this and and obviously like you're, and it's kind of like a full circle on this, isn't it? Like Dracula is inspired by this type of um, folklore creature. And then you've been inspired by that and also Dracula, but um, famously Dracula boards into the town of, docks into the town of Whitby and Whitby is very famous for its witches. So it's a real nice kind of, yeah. you know, all a thing. And, um, and even more of a full circle, I am the descendant for the Wh- witch of Whitby so well, um,
1: Whit- Whit- Whitby's a place I'd love to visit because
0: oh, it's fantastic. it just
1: strikes me as this very eerie yet beautiful place
0: mm-hmm.
1: um it's on my bucket list one day to go to Whitby
0: oh yeah you should it's great they have it's it's really retained its like history um and it's still like cobbled stones everywhere. And you know, they've got this big massive hill. And you've got the 99 steps that lead down to hell and things and um beautiful cemeteries. Ah, oh, yeah, you'll love it. And also their fish and chips.
1: Fantastic.
0: Mm. Yes, yeah, chef's kiss. Really good fish and chips. So there you go, my recommendation. Um uh, <laughs> so um yeah, with obviously this story, as you mentioned before, it's a lot of it, it's Sort of, I won't even call it a backstory. It's very much intertwined with these characters in the main plot. You've got the, you know, the entwining of the great famine that ran across Ireland in the eighteenth century. And I, again, I was wondering whether that that was something that you were that you knew from the get go, or whether that was something that you had maybe had these ideas for characters and things and thought, oh, actually, that might tie in. And how important is that to you? To because I I love that. I think it it really creates a grounding for this very fantastical story and I think that you know if you um like you could have this story without it being about the famine but it just it adds something extra and I was just wondering what your process was in terms of incorporating that and how important incorporating history and things is to your work
1: well I'm a bit of a history nerd My, my degrees in modern history I love history and you know I read a lot of history um my first books, The Kirkwood Scott Chronicles, they're kind of set. There's a bit of time travel between modern day Belfast and the uh, Napoleonic Wars period. So I did a lot of research around Wellington and Napoleon and and, and Waterloo for those books. And historical fantasies just comes to me as my, my natural sort of genre. Uh, I had an idea about a witch on a mountain. And it it just popped in my head, well, why not set it during the famine? Uh, I knew a bit about the famine, but I didn't know a lot about how the famine affected, as it was in the north of Ireland. Um, There's a bit of a misconception that it was really the, you know, the southern part of Ireland that suffered most, whereas the province of Ulster in the north was quite prosperous. Belfast was one of the great uh, industrial towns at the time uh, during Victoria's reign and, you know, it was a very, you know, thriving community. Uh, But Belfast and the surrounding countryside were hit hard by the famine as well. And it's only when I began to research that, that I I realised how hard Belfast was hit. Uh, Because the potato crop failed, uh, a lot of People living in rural communities were forced to move, whether uh, by choice or they were evicted from their plots. and um, they 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 navigated towards Belfast. So you had a great influx of of rural people that really exacerbated the problems. Um they were homeless. they were on the streets. There wasn't enough food, cramped conditions, so uh, lack of sanitation, clean water. so, it all kind of snowballed and became the perfect storm. So, And I got I got a feeling that, you know, what would bring the famine witch back? You know, because she's so full of hate and anger and spite, she needed to come back at a time of great unrest and division. Uh, I don't think there was a, a more unsettling or, or tragic period in Irish history than the famine. So mm. it just made sense that it was set during that period.
0: Oh, no. And no, I think it is the perfect setting for it. It, it just everything works. So, yeah, no, excellent. Um, so lastly, if your readers were to take anything away from The Famine Witch, what would you like them to take away from this book?
1: Um, I'd like them to take away that Stephen Black's a fantastic author and he's grown by buy all his books.
0: <laughs> yes, I concur. Agreed.
1: <laughs> um, I, I think The Famine Witch, it's, it's a very dark story. Uh, in many ways it's a tragic story um, some of the characters don't have very good endings but I I always like to sprinkle a little bit of humour uh, even if it's very dark humour and you know I without ruining the ending I, I'd like to say you know if, even in the darkest times there's hope mm-hmm. um,
0: yeah. I love the ending by the way I thought it, was, it was perfect and, and,
1: and, and love shines through and you know uh, the, the most powerful relationship in the book is the relationship between maggie and jinx and no matter what happens you know they, they can't be separated or broken by anything uh be it famine disease death it doesn't matter they 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 they, they, they have that bond so uh, that's probably the I'd like people to close the book and not be all like doom and gloom. That's the most depressing book I've ever read in my life. Um, yeah. Read, you know, yeah, it was a sad story, but there's a little bit of hope at the end.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree. I definitely didn't come away feeling like all I wanted to do was sit in a room and listen to Coldplay. You know? Like... Well, nobody wants um, to do that.
1: Yeah, no, although, no one
0: wants to do that. No one's that sad. My,
1: my wife and daughter are going to see them in the summer. Oh,
0: so, really?
1: Yeah. My wife and daughter are going to see Coldplay. And I'm going to see Taylor Swift with my other daughter. So,
0: <gasps> you got tickets for Sw- Taylor Swift? Oh my gosh. Wow.
1: I know. Well, I, it basically bankrupted me, but we did. Yeah. Get-
0: I mean, you know, definitely make the most of those tickets. I mean, if you if you need someone to chaperone your daughter, if you want to take the night off, head down the pub. No, no I, I'm, will, I'm, I'm, I will volunteer. Like, I don't mind. My, do- do my daughter,
1: Hannah, has converted me into a Swifty. So,
0: good is her folklore Uh, album
1: unfortunately i'll be there
0: i love
1: her folklore album oh Oh, yeah fantastic Um, and that's what i was interviewed yesterday and i was talking about you know she's such a great lyricist her her lyrics are fantastic and i i'd love her to write a book i'd love her to write uh like a novel i think yeah that would
0: be wonderful i can imagine the kind of thing and i am absolutely here for it we'll petition it we'll uh we'll put it up on what's the saying like change.org or something or other or like yeah or petition it um lovely well uh yeah i mean that's that's basically it so um thank you so much the famine witch is available for purchase through quill and crow publishing and it is also um available on amazon um so easy peasy lemon squeezy um and i just encourage anyone who is a fan of folklore and horror and anyone who roots for like an underdog and you know and and loves all of the the kind of things that come with that just go check this book out it is so wonderfully written it is so enthralling and the characters are just so enriching it's just yes go buy it everyone go buy it and although you have mm-hmm. blessed me with um a digital copy i actually put in a pre-order today so yeah um, i yeah i want it i want it on my shelf i want it it's it's a beautiful, i, it beautiful I can't really say Colin
1: Crowe do beautiful books so oh my God, um, I? you know their their physical paperbacks and hardcover books are beautiful and
0: it's just they are stunning I yeah.
1: look forward to seeing it on your shelf
0: yes in my in my reels and things uh, no 100% so no thank you um thank you so much for coming on today I really just cannot wait for everyone to get their hands on this book um so yeah that is out on the 24th of January um go 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 everyone buy it um so yeah, if you want to, um, follow me, um, on my social medias, um, then I, uh, can be followed on Instagram and TikTok under kate.book, wait, no, kate.onjus.bookreviews, dot dot um, on Facebook, it's Kate Anjou's, um, book reviews. and if you want to email me, my email address is kateonjus.bookreviews at Outlook.com com um steven is there anything else you'd like to plug before you go any social medias anything else at all go for it
1: uh, very quickly if if you'd like to listen to my daily ramblings uh you'll find me on twitter at Stephen with a ph rb4 instagram threads and facebook i'm Stephen black author and i'm also an editor um i edit at quill and crow and I also have my own little editing business called Black Thoughts Editorial Services. So you can find uh, Black Thoughts on Twitter and Instagram as well. So I'm I'm everywhere.
0: Yeah, and I follow uh, Quill and Crow, and I also follow Black Thoughts on my Instagram. So if you are on my Instagram and you can't find it, you'll find it under my following. So um, yeah, no, brilliant. Thank you very much. Well, thank you so much, Stephen, for coming on today. Really, really excellent talking to you, and I am sure we will speak again
1: i hope so uh the sequel with jack kelly yes mm-hmm. uh, well one of i've i've, I've, I've public now i have to and i'm a man of my word so i have to i have to write the story
0: it's on the internet so yeah you're if, bound
1: if, if it's on the internet <laughs> it's real
0: it's real exactly excellent well thank, thank you, you so much for today